BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Hi, everyone. You are listening to episode 115 of On a Mother Level. I'm your host, Denise Sinitka, and I'm so glad to have you back for another great conversation with a fellow mom. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast is trolling for brand new guests. And I get them in all kinds of places. Sometimes you send me great ideas. You send me your friends or family members who have a great story to tell. And then sometimes I stumble upon them on Instagram. And that's the case for today's guest. Her name is Lauren Lowry, and she is the Ampstigator. The Amstigator is a word that she, with the help of her mother-in-law, came up with, and it is the word that she uses to describe herself, as well as the name of her podcast. She has video and audio options, and her conversations in her podcast are all about people who are finding their purpose and helping you find yours as well. That topic really drew me in. The name of the podcast really drew me in. And then I also was just very curious about her because she is also a news anchor. She works down in Nashville. She is the mom of three. And she talks about how her third baby really brought her this clarity that helped lead her to this new video project. And you are really going to learn, I think, a lot about me through her because we have a lot of the same work experiences. And so it was fun to talk shop with her without actually getting into the nitty gritty boringness of working in a news station. And she shares a lot of my same frustrations about figuring out what news is in the year 2022, what you as my listener and my viewer want from us in news in the year 2022. And so I just think this is a really cool conversation. And I know that you will really like Lauren. Um, One little point um, that you should know before we get into this chat is we briefly talk about someone named Brooke. Brooke is Brooke Martin, and she suffered the loss of her second baby, which um, Lauren will describe the whole story. But Brooke was the first episode of the Amstigator podcast that I listened to. And so I reference it a couple of times. So just a little backstory there that we are going to explain Brooke's whole story and the significance um, that she's had in Lauren's life through this conversation. So stick with me. This is a great conversation and I am so happy that you are here for it. So here is Lauren Lowry. As a woman in TV, I don't know about you, but the last two years, the most common thing I hear from people is, I can't watch you anymore. Do you hear that a lot? No, tell me more. 
So I hear, I can't watch you anymore in the context of I'm tired of feeling worse after mm-hmm. a newscast than I did when I turned it on in the first place. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing the things that reinforce the bad feelings that I have about the world, the community, the schools, you know, and people continually tell me that they're walking away. They're walking away. They're removing themselves from this product. Um, so I think it's interesting that, that I hear that a lot. Now that you've described it that way, yeah, no, it is totally something I hear. And I think it, it resonates with me because I have felt the same way, which is why I've created what I've created. You know, I mean, I feel like, especially what's happening right now in Ukraine, I, I just got off the air from anchoring a newscast and every commercial break, I'm like, God, these people, I mean, my heart just aches for these people. And so there is this line that, you know, we're in this business of information, constant information streaming in all the time. We are not allowed to turn it off, but people have a choice. They can turn it off if they want. Um, So on one hand, it's okay. Okay. Save your mental health. I totally get that. There's this other part to that though, too, of, are we missing out on an opportunity to be galvanized to help? You know, maybe someone hears a story about a poor education system in a community and says, wait a minute, this is something, there's something I can do. There's something I can do to help. So yes, protect your mental health. Absolutely. But what are you missing and what gift are you not giving of yourself because you didn't hear about a problem that you could solve? Right. And that's exactly how I feel. I feel some days like... I'm selling a product that people don't want to buy anymore. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, I'm selling Blackberry phones and everyone's like, we're good. (laughs) We get our, we get our phones from somebody else now. And so what that tells me as, um, you know, uh, an evening news anchor is people aren't getting the value out of my product anymore. And Mm. so where that leads me is that's why I started my podcast. And it sounds Mm. like that's why you started yours. Yeah, truly the story for me is that for years, I would always joke with people when they'd meet me, they say, oh, oh, it's so great to meet you. I I watch you all the time. And, and my kind of like my self-deprecating thing that I would always say was, oh, well, you know, I talk about people doing important things. I'm not actually important. And I would say that and I would joke, but then truly like when I was alone, I'd think, gosh, I'm not doing anything important. What am I doing? I'm spending 45 minutes putting on makeup, uh, uh, curling my hair and reading out loud to people. What difference does that make? None. So uh, really in, um, in the last two years, you know, if, if people felt COVID lockdown differently. For me, it became a beautiful time of self-excavation and exploration too, of saying, what is it that I'm really here to do? What do I want? What will make a difference? And so I really had to go to the root of everything and say, okay, well, what do I really enjoy doing? What does that look like? My favorite thing in this world is to sit down one-on-one and have deep, meaningful, wisdom-filled conversations with people. Okay. That's what I know about myself. So how do I do that more? Because I wanted to be happy. 
I wanted to feel fulfilled. And COVID was that time that really opened my eyes and said, you know, um, you got to do more. You got to make a difference. I, I just, I wasn't happy anymore, just allowing allowing that to be it. Like you're a news anchor, that's it. And I thought, God, there's so much more to me than that. Yeah, I'm a mom, I'm a, a wife, I'm a sister. I've got all these other roles, but you know, that one title wasn't fulfilling enough anymore. So how can I use my platform, right? How can I do that? And so that the podcast yeah. has allowed me to do that. Well, the thing is, is that what your podcast and in some ways my podcast do are two things that we sort of have been told are no fly zones in TV news. Okay. Number one, it's too long. It's too <laughs> long. Shorten it. And number two, keep your butt out of it. Okay. Right, right. Keep your butt out of it. It's not about you and cut it down way, way short. So we're doing the exact opposite. We're putting <laughs> ourselves out there in a really personal way and we're keeping it on for a real long time. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just, I know for me personally, I wanted, and people, whoever listens to this, I don't know how much Denise you've shared with people about, you know, what we deal with as on-camera people, on-camera talent. I mean, there are consultants every place you go who are going to tell you, uh, color your hair, cut it, uh, no, grow it out. No, put this highlight in your hair. Okay, wear this color. Don't wear this color. I don't like how you say this. Don't laugh that way. Don't talk this way. Say this. Don't say that. I mean, and it is incessant. And so when it came to building this, I had to say to myself, number one, what do I want? But number two, I will trust myself to feel out what this needs to be, you know? And I found that if I am craving deep, deep within me to have meaningful conversations, long conversations with people, I absolutely cannot be the only person who wants this. I can't be. I can't be. It's impossible. You know, there's got to be other people who want the same thing that I want. And so it became an expression. It became, how do I feel about this? I want it long. Great. I'll do it long. How do I feel about it being about purpose? Great. I want it to be about purpose. I want purpose to be accessible for people. I want people to feel fulfilled. I want them to find meaning. How do I do that? This is how. So this is me contributing to the mental health and the overall fulfillment that people feel, you know, just by being a part of a conversation for something that feels deeper, that feels more meaningful than just going to a job, punching a clock and going home, you know? Uh, so yes, what we are doing it? what we're told not yeah. to do. We are doing that. But at the same time, are we? Because I feel like if you feel it in your heart to do something, whatever that is, it is incumbent upon us to respond to that and to do that. But what is it about this moment in your life and in your career that you're actually brave enough to say that and act on it. Because as you said, you've been told to do a lot of stuff. You've been told to wear a lot of stuff that didn't align with how you felt in that stuff. After 16 years for you, 15 years for me, what is it about us as women that we're finally able to start listening to what we really want to do? I think there were a few things. I, th I think something does magically happen in your thirties where you're finally like, okay, okay. Got the crap. Like I, I actually get this now. Also, I have three children. Something just happened at the birth of the third, the third, okay. I always call him my, my kid who brought clarity. He brought me clarity. Um, I was pregnant with him during COVID lockdown. 
and he was born in August of 2020. And so there was this whole time of like lockdown, self-exploration, bringing a new life into this world, having him having the most beautiful maternity leave. And then quite frankly, I went back to work. And then the day I went back to work, things had shifted. I felt like things were different at work. And so I had left this beautiful, warm cocoon of love and comfort, you know, and just positivity. Um, it was a wonderful time, my maternity leave with that third child. And, and so then coming back to work and feeling this real gritty, uh, almost like if you were going to take sandpaper to my life, I could feel the discord. And so that was the point where I realized like things really have to change. How do I replicate the happiness that I just felt? Because I do think that that's what COVID allowed a lot of us to do was to feel, you know, we took away all of the things that were on our calendar and we had to sit with ourselves, you know, what are we, what are we doing? You know, what do you want to do? Okay. Let's play cards. <laughs> you know, we can't go anywhere. Let's play a board game or something, you know, uh, taking away all of the things that like to defer to deter us from maybe the real things that should have our attention. We took all those things away and then now we're able to focus on the real meat of stuff. And I think for me, that that's what it was, is I had felt so differently during that time that then my 36th year became really transformative because I just saw this, I mean, truly like, um, like the, the dichotomy, you know, like there was the two lives I was living. I'm like, I'm not okay with that anymore. I need to unify these polarities. That's the word. That's the phrase I would say to myself. There's two polarities here. There's this Lauren outside of work. And then there's this Lauren at work. And I don't like that anymore. There has to be only one. Who is that person? And how do I bring more of that person into what I do each day at the station? Oh gosh, I feel that so much because I was, before the pandemic started, I was working evenings. So 10 o'clock news and with two kids at home, it was now unsustainable. It yeah. was, it, it was, it was unsustainable. And thankfully what the pandemic did was it sent me home to my basement and it gave my boss a reason to give me the thing I asked for, which was to not work at 10 anymore. And had it <laughs> not been for that, I don't think I would be working here. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah. it gave him the flexibility to say, you can work this different schedule. Now you, I feel like have that Holy grail anchor schedule with 12 and four. Is it the Holy grail or do I just imagine it to be girl? No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So the ages of my kids are six, three and one. And because because they're so young, it's just, it's honestly, it's been really hard. And I don't know the answer. And I think the answer is out there, but it's not the typical, what we've done for 50 years in a television station. I think the answer for me is not typical, but I don't know what that looks like yet. Quite frankly, I really don't. It's something I think about every single day. Um, there are, we're in conversations now about changing my schedule, funny enough. And it's like, um, they're like, where do you want to go? I'm like, I don't know. I just got to get home to my kids. I don't just give me something that gets me home to my kids. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, that's not good. <laughs> I hope yeah, you're going to tell me this was the magical answer. <laughs> no, no, I, I really, gosh, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. I really don't know. I think, um, that's the beautiful thing about actually starting a podcast for me is because so much of it has been what do I want? What do I want? Finally, I need to reach inside myself and stop 
allowing everybody to kind of set the landmarks of my life. I have to do that. And so the podcast has allowed me to um, set the landmarks, honestly, uh, decide where the boundaries are. Um, and, I, and I think women, we're just so naturally agreeable <laughs> that we just often don't set the boundaries for ourselves. I just see it over and over and over again, where there's a lot of men who are like, nah, nah, not going to do that peace, you know, but women were like, okay, okay, let's try to work this out. Let's figure this out. You know, we'll keep working. And, and it's a, it's a detriment to us sometimes. Oh, it is. So let's talk a little bit about the podcast Amstigator because I was drawn to your content content for two reasons. Number one, I love when things have great names. Oh, thanks. We can't do a segment here unless it has a great name, because if it doesn't have a great (laughs) name, it's probably not right. You know what I mean? I love when things have a great name. Um, And number two, because I was pregnant at the same time as Brooke. And I watched her videos and did you cry? um, Of course. I mean, I sobbed. I sobbed. Even in the review of the episode, I was just sobbing. I texted her. I was like, I can't finish this review. Will you watch it for me, please? (laughs) Well, and I, you know, I don't personally know Brooke, but Brooke was working in Wichita when I was working in Wichita and we were at competing stations. Um, So, you know, TV is just one of those funny little things where you sort of feel like, you know, somebody, even though you don't at all and never even, you know, look them in the eye. And anyway, so I was pregnant at that time and somebody else at her station in Indy had, um, you know, showed me her videos and such. And so anyway, so it's like, you know, I saw her and I saw this great name and I'm like, I've got to know more about what this Lauren is up to. Yeah. Who's this person? Yeah. (laughs) So First of all, the name Amstigator, you, you define it as an intense person who brings about something. Mm -hmm. So, so where did the um, mashup of those two words come from? Yeah. So funny enough. So I'm from South Carolina. My husband's also from South Carolina. It was um, back in June or July of 2021. We were home just, you know, for some, you know, just for a trip to let the grandkids see the grandparents. And my sweet, sweet mother-in-law is really Southern. And she was telling me a story about um, someone in the family being an instigator of something. And she was saying, oh, you know, he's just an instigator. And she was going on and on. And I was like, it was truly like a bolt of lightning. I remember where we were. We were driving in the car. I remember where we were on the road. But when she said instigator, it sounded like ampstigator. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like she's telling me this story. But internally, I was like, Oh my gosh, this word. And I started to look at it like, okay, amp, amp, amplify, amplify, instigator, amplify, instigator. I'm like, this is a powerful word. And then I'll tell you, I Googled the word and there were zero search results. Like when have you ever gotten onto Google and there'd be zero search results. Never, never. Google always is like, oh, you really meant this, right? And they'll correct the word for you. No, I mean, there was nothing, like nothing. And I was like, holy crap, I've created a word. I mean, did I do it? No, my mother-in-law did it. Um, and someday I'll tell her this wonderful story about how her beautiful Southern accent helped me, helped me name the podcast. But um, I am a very intense person, period. Super intense. What do instigators do? They bring about things. They bring about usually something negative, but I don't look at it that way. I say an instigator in, in this situation can bring about change. They can bring about transformation. They can bring about 
joy or love or whatever. Instigator can be whatever. But when you put that amp with it, that's the intensity that you need, the amplification that you need. And I think if someone's going to make deep, deep change in their life, you have to amp-stigate. You have to be the one who is the instigator for change in your own life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you, you find your people that you're going to include in this season. So, and each of them have a name, which I love. Oh, thank you. So did you name everybody after having talked to them or did you look for these certain people that you knew you wanted to, to give these names to? Truly everything was spirit led. Honestly, I would, I would see, it would be as simple as me seeing someone's face and going, Oh, who is this person? And I would just get this feeling like right here in my stomach. And I'd go, I need to meet this person. Cause remember everything about this, this uh, podcast has been completely, um, a choice for myself to be like the expression of me. Like, what am I here to do? Cause remember when you've been told for your entire adult life to do everything for everybody else in a way that they want it, as a 36-year-old woman to say, no, 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 those clothes aren't mine. What are my clothes? What do I like? And then truly, so every color you see, every photo you see, every everything is me saying, checking in with myself, like, okay, this is right. We're going to keep going. So it's really intuitive. Everything's super intuitive. But with the names that you're talking about, so like every episode is uh, The Awakener, The Fire Starter, the, the bridge, the hope giver, the truth teller, the transformer, the storyteller, really what it is, is I saw these people or I knew their stories and I said, oh, you're real special. And then I would do um, uh, one or two pre-interviews and I would just talk and go as deep, as deep, as deep as they would allow me to. And it would be a lot of like reflecting back to them where I'd say, wow, you know, in your story, it really sounds like it really sounds like you, you've just had to do a lot of transformation in your own life. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People come to me when they, when they want transformation. Oh, how, how does it feel when I say to you, you're the transformer? Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, great. So then I would name each episode based on what was really true for that person. And it was also a kind of like a double thing for me because something of the work that I was trying to do was getting rid of the the attraction to labels. Like that's the other thing I think in this business that, well, well, why are you talking to that person? What makes them credible? It's their label. Oh, well, they're a doctor or they're an attorney or they're a person who holds some, uh, there's some public servant because they hold some elected position. You know, this industry is one that focuses so much on labels. So I wanted to give people labels, but not the labels that everyone else thinks matters it's going to be the label that I think matters. So the label to give someone to say, to say to someone, you are the awakener. Like you are here to awaken people to their greatest calling. I mean, whoa, you know, whoa, it was big. So to like for Brooke, Brooke Martin, who you're talking about, she's the fire starter. Why? Because as we were in, in my pre-interview with her, when I initially pitched it, like, Brooke, do you want to do this with me? Do you want to come on and do this long interview, this story, tell your story? And I, I mean, don't hold anything back. Tell me all of it. Like, let spirituality be part of it, you know, to the level that you want it to be. And, and she told me, she said, you know, there was this day I had this vision of like this controlled burn happening. And, you know, like I'm the forest and there's fire all around me. 
And that's the kind of burn that has to happen to burn away what doesn't serve you. And I'm like, goosebumps, Brooke, goosebumps. You're the fire starter, you know, because that's what she's here now to teach people is how do we burn away what doesn't serve us? Controlled burns allow for new, beautiful regrowth, but only if we allow it, you know? So the naming of the episodes was, I mean, it was a process. It was a it's definitely a process to get yeah. to that. I didn't like suddenly have this idea. It was when I was working with the graphic designer, you know, like, what do we want there? You know, what do we want this to look like? And, and then I think it was just in collaboration one day that that's what we came up with. Yeah. I want to get back into Brooke's story for, for a purpose in just a moment, but have you thought about what your name would be? I mean, in a way you're the, the OG yeah. Amstigator, but yeah. I almost kind of think that because I I do intend one day to be interviewed. Um, I don't know if that's season three, season four. I don't know when that will be. And I'm not sure who would do it. I think a lot about like some of the different people who I love that I think would be great interviewers. Um, But I've thought about that. Should I be the Amstigator? Should I be the, I don't know, probably the Amstigator. That's probably what I would be. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, the reason I want to just touch briefly on Brooke's story is, well, first of all, tell, um, tell the listeners just, just Mm. the peanut size, you know, Brooke's story. So Brooke had, um, already had one child. I think he was born in 2016, healthy little boy, uh, 2016, 2017. And then in 2018, she got pregnant um, with another child, really, really exciting time at about, I think maybe 14 weeks or so she went in for just a routine, uh, doctor's appointment and somebody kind of snuck her into an, uh, into a, uh, a room where you can have the ultrasound, the ultrasound tech said, Hey, do you want to get a quick look? And she's like, yes, yes. Let's look at the baby. And so they go in and basically in that moment is when she learns that her daughter has this, uh, rare, um, basically issue where her brain will not, the, the, the bones around her skull will not form. It's anencephaly is what it's called. And she learned in that moment that her daughter would not survive. She's alone. Her husband's not there. And she's just like, you know, this whole, this whole moment, right. Where she's like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. Her husband though, finally gets there. And, and he just says to the doctor, we're keeping the child. And she's like, oh, thank God I didn't have to make that choice. So she had already announced to viewers and on social media and everything that she was pregnant. And so she went on this journey through pregnancy. She carried a child full term who she knew would never survive. So on the day that um, Emma Noel was born, um, Emma Noel survived for 21 minutes and she died in her husband's arms. And um, it was just an, an incredibly emotional time, you know, and, and for her pa- purpose came from pain, the deepest pain, the loss of a child. And, um, you know, that kind of, that set her on a path to the path she's on now, which was, um, leaving television and just creating, something that she's feeling out with people along the way. It's called more with Brooke Martin and um, she coaches, but really speaks and encourages. And um, right now she's actually developing something around this idea of controlled burn, you know, because she does feel strongly that this is what she's here to, to bring, right. To teach and to, and to encourage people in that, like, let's, let's let things burn away that don't serve us. But 
Um, truly, it's that carrying a child full term who you know you don't get to go home with. Zero percent survival. Yeah, it's it's amazing. There's a lot of goosebump heart in your throat moments in that Mm. episode. So I really encourage people to go watch it. But the reason that I'm bringing it up here is because there was a really real moment between you and her in which you apologized to her because you felt like you were not there for her Mm. in a way that you were proud of as she was going through that. Mm. And I found it to be a very relatable moment, you know, as a mom, And I'm not asking for the backstory on, you know, the two of you's relationship, but I just thought overall, there's probably a lot of moms out there who have looked back on a friendship or a relationship and thought I could have done more, or I should have done more, or had some, some regrets about the way we showed up for another mom. Mm, She was so gracious in that time. I I really actually appreciate you bringing that up because it was, I think this was also part of my healing, right? So like, all of this time I've spent doing what other people wanted me to do. And then now this, this podcast being this expression of me and what I do believe I'm you know, here to do. I do believe this project, starting this project, talking through this with people is really what I believe I'm here to do, um, to talk about purpose. And so, you know, I, I really do feel like it was God, the universe, it, whoever. It was someone saying to me, if you are serious about bringing healing to others, you need to heal something within yourself. And it was that, um, what it, what it was is I I was in Indianapolis, um, as an anchor for almost eight years, the work environment was incredibly toxic. And so, which is why I left, I had a lot of, um, plenty of success there. So like outwardly you say, why would Lauren Lowry leave? Uh, she's doing so well, you know, I'd won a lot of awards and we had just done so well, but Um, Brooke worked on a different schedule than mine. Um, We didn't have a lot of interaction, but because we were two main female anchors, you know, obviously on the same team, uh, certainly we kept in touch with each other, but, but not to the level that, you know, we should have probably. And so when I left in 2018, it was not because I was just like, "Hmm, this will be fun. I'll go to Nashville. It was because I was in such a dark place. The, the work environment was so toxic that I had had a, like a nervous breakdown. I'd had a panic attack um, during a newscast. Like I'm not that person. That's not who I am. But the environment had gotten me to that point where I was not a good wife. I was not a good mother. I was not even a friend. And I realized I cannot stay here for my health and for those I love. I, I have to leave. There's no way around it. And so when I left in 2018, um, I was so glad to be gone, but not because of the city. I loved the city. That's why I stayed there eight years. Um, It was because the work environment was so terrible. I was so hurt in that process that I totally wasn't, I, I mean, I literally was not there for her. I was not there. So as she made these announcements and made these videos and, and was incredibly brave and courageous. I, I couldn't even bring myself to say to her, God, I just, I believe in you. I'm so sorry. I couldn't even bring myself to do it. Like, that's how bad, that's how bad it was. Like, who am I that I couldn't get over my own hurt for two seconds and notice the pain for someone else? Like, it was just a really low point. So when I reached out to her and was like, would you come do this with me? I think she probably knew to, to in some way, I don't know. I actually not even asked her if she knew that I was going to apologize to her or not, but 
um, she was so sweet and so gracious because in that moment, she's like, release that. You got to let that go. Yeah. I don't even think about that. Like, don't even think about it. Cause I don't, you know? Um, so that, that was wonderful that she said that to me, but I, I really do think, and that kind of brings up a bigger issue. Like if you yourself decide I'm going to reclaim my life, I'm going to transform my life. A major linchpin of transformation is forgiveness, forgiveness. We cannot, I believe we cannot transform our lives without forgiving and asking forgiveness when we realize we've done something really wrong. And for a lot of people, I think that's the hardest part, but I will tell you that I did feel like something unlocked for me that day because I had held on to so much hurt from that time. And I allowed the hurt from the situation to cloud the friendship. You know what I'm saying? Like she didn't put any of that hurt on me. It was, it was the environment that wasn't her, but I allowed it to influence the way I treated her. And that was wrong. It was just wrong. So to be able to get to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I just felt very proud that I had finally gotten to that point and then very proud that she was so gracious. Yeah. There's your long answer to your short no, question. It was, it was a sweet <laughs> moment and you're right. Like her, her response to you in that moment was, was perfect. It, it's one of those like four agreements where they say nothing that someone does to you is about you. It's always about them. You know what I mean? It's always about the hurt that you were feeling in that moment. And God, if you've been in television, you have been <laughs> in one of those toxic oh. work situations, you know, where yeah. you, yeah, you leave on terms that don't feel good or yeah, you, you walk away from people in ways that don't feel good. But, but I get the sense though, that now as a mom of three in your newsroom, that you really try to show up for the other moms. Oh my gosh, I do. I love that you even, do you really feel that? Like, can you tell that about me? Yes. yes. <laughs> I do. Um, I've got a, I've got a small uh, refrigerator that I put all my breast milk in when I would pump. And so as God, the day that I was done pumping with my third child, I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm going around the newsroom. I'm like, who's next. And I had a, another person who was pregnant at the time. I'm like, this, this refrigerator is going to sit at your desk. It's going to be ready for you when you get back to work. Um, television is, is, is a punishing business to mothers. It is not, there's a reason there's not a lot of moms in television because it's just hard. Um, unwavering, uh, unmoving. It's you been to us. We don't been to you. And so to be able to survive as a mom in that is really freaking hard. And so I do take it upon myself because I, one of the things that I always say is like, I, I, I can, I can do it all. I can have a family. I can have this career. And I'm telling myself that every day. So I want to make sure that I show other women who I work with you can do this. You can breastfeed and still work in this industry. You can pump. Let me make it easier. Here's a refrigerator. Here, I'll cover for you. Here's this. Here's that. What can I write for you so you can go pump? Like anything that I can do, because I do feel like there were, uh, there were points for me where I'm like, God, I never would have made that choice if someone hadn't put so much pressure on me. Like, or gosh, I would have pumped longer or or I would have had a more successful breastfeeding journey this time around, if this, and I thought if I can be someone who removes barriers for other women, good Lord, then I, I have lived, I have lived. So I, 
save all of my pregnancy dresses. They're all in actually a girl who just had a baby two weeks ago has all of my pregnancy on air clothes, you know, everything that I can possibly do to make sure that the women I work with feel supported. And for the women who want to be moms who aren't currently moms, I want them to look at me and say, well, Lauren can do it. So can I, right? No, I want to be that person because I, no one was that for me. Well, and also that, that girl, you know, that, that coworker, that 23 year old reporter now, she might be, she might be long gone. She's going to be four markets away, but she's (laughs) going to remember what the moms at her first station or her second station did and what they acted like. And in my case, I hope that they see that I have said no, when I've needed to say no. And I have spoken up when I've needed to speak up, you know? So it's like, it's not even, it's not even for the moms right now today, but hopefully maybe five, six years, they'll remember. Totally. I hope so. Being a mom in a newsroom is really, really hard. It's really hard. It is. I agree. You know, know, I'm just thinking about um, two other moms who are at my station right now, and we are sort of probably merging in a way that our bosses would not care for, Um, you know, where we're all sort of saying, you know, where we're just all sort of saying like, it's time to do things the way that make more sense for everybody involved. You know what I mean? Not in a selfish way, but in a, um, yeah, just in a way that makes more sense for everybody. So it's kind of a cool alliance and we're in a beautiful part of our lives and careers where there's no competition. It's purely just totally girl, go get it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I just read something yesterday that was talking about how the, the, like the power of the employee that this whole time has shown us that employees have more power than we realize, you know, and we need to really take that power. And I, what you're saying sort of resonates with me in that way, because it's like, okay, well, you know, we've been doing their bidding for a long time. <laughs> when do we get something to say? And I, I will tell you I, this, the other beautiful thing that's come out of this podcast for me you know, uh, the station has some real interest in what I've created and, and, and possibly even streaming some of the content, airing some of the content. And I, I have never been in a place where I've said, yeah, I mean, sure, totally if you want it, but it's not free. And they're like, oh, well, okay. So they've just kind of let it like continue to linger. And you know what they say in, in negotiation, um, you know, the party that wins is the one that's not afraid to walk away. <laughs> I've never been in a situation where I've been like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'll walk away. I've never been in that situation. I am now. And I got to tell you, it is such a powerful position because I don't freaking care. Like, all right, if you want it, whatever. Do you want it? Great. If you don't, fine. I don't care. I'm still doing it, you know? And so it's like, I feel like all of us need to find something that gets us to the place where we go, "Mm, no, thanks. Bye. (laughs) You know, because that's where I think real power comes from is the willingness to break the rules. And no one tells you that, you know, like we're all raised with this idea of like, follow the rules, follow the rules, do this, do that. And certainly again, as an on-camera talent, these are the rules that get you the next job. These are the rules that get you the next contract. So you have to follow them, right? Well, what no one ever tells you is that the power comes when you break the rules. So I'm finally there and it's a beautiful place. You seem free. You seem like lighter than air. Just like, come at me. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. But that's like the whole thing. I think like when you start to really tap purpose, when you start to really tap like what it is that, that lights you up, that excites you. And, and that's kind of like the, the platform for all of the things I've built is, 
you know, people talk about purpose, but no one tells you how to get there. Like, all right, what's your purpose? I don't freaking know. Like that's heavy and that's hard. But I look at it and say, no, it isn't. Let me show you all the people who are extraordinarily ordinary and have found purpose. What does that feel like? Like physically, where do you feel it in your body when you know what's something you're supposed to do? All right, how did you know that this was your purpose? When did you realize it? Tell me the worst things that have happened to you. Tell me the best things that have happened to you. Because I feel like as people start to hear these stories, they'll go, wait a minute, you know, if this person did that, I can too. Or Mm -hmm. wow, this person overcame that. I don't have anything that bad, but they still found purpose or this person believes this spiritually. I don't believe that, but man, they ended up in the same place as this other person. So that to me is like the lint, that's the, the through line of all of it is purpose transcends all of that. So let's peel away all the things that don't serve us that aren't ours. And let's become the person who we were meant to be. That's the, where you reclaim and then transform your life. So that you are the embodiment of the purpose you were brought here to do or be, you know, I, I'm just, I feel so strongly about it that I feel like that's what's missing, you know, because in all of our workplaces, we walk around like zombies and we see people who are unhappy and they're only there because it's a paycheck, yeah. right? but it's not at all their purpose. So I'm just trying to awaken people to that. Like what excites you, right? Like what? What gives you that pit, not the bad pit in your stomach, but the one that makes you go, what is this? What are these goosebumps? I need to know more about this. Like that's normal. That's home base. That's where we need to be. Not the anxiety, the panic attacks, the breakdowns. That's not normal. That is not purpose, (laughs) you know? So I think it's just listen to your body, awaken people to that. And that's why I feel so free and so passionate about it. Cause I think it truly is what I'm here to do. Not to um, out you in any way, but um, are you dreaming of a life outside of television news? I, for the first time in my life, am not focused on the destination. Okay. So I don't know what, I don't know what's next for me. I think truly for the first time in my life, I'm focused on this beautiful journey of awakening. Where does that lead? I don't have any idea, but I would love to find out. (laughs) You know, so it's literally one day at a time right now. It's one day at a time. It's me going, what am I doing today? That gets me closer to my season two shoot. (laughs) Or have I talked to all my interviews today? Have I done this or done that to be totally prepared? But I'm trying more than ever to live in the moment. I've never lived in the moment. And I do think that's the other thing that children have brought me is this beautiful clarity and um, present mindedness that I've never had before until children. Yeah. I want to end this on a high note. Um, So I'm going to steal your question and I'm going to ask you what's the best time of your life. There were a couple of best times Um, before I started doing all this stuff. I would have said college because I just loved college. I went to Florida state. I was in a sorority. It was a great time. And then the stakes were low, you know, like the the older you get, the stakes get higher. Um, But another best time was COVID 2020 lockdown. I anchored from home. I was, it was amazing. I was able to, I would uh, prep for dinner and then I'd go into the little place where we where I was doing all my broadcasting stuff. I would do the shows and then I would le- I'd literally walk out of that room and go finish dinner, cook it from five, like what time? Like from 5 p.m. to like 5.25, I'd finish cooking. I'd get to sit down with my kids and have dinner. And then I'd be like, okay, bye guys. I'm going to go away through the six. And I'd go, I mean, it was literally was the best time I was pregnant. 
Uh, all of the things on my calendar had gone away. It was beautiful. And it was like, what made me realize there is more for me. My kids deserve to see me happy. You know, they deserve that. They deserve a lesson in what a happy adult looks like. And so it's really been this whole exercise has been, how do I recreate that? You know, how do, how do I recreate that happiness? How do I recreate that fulfillment? So not just for myself, but for my family, you know, so that, so that my kids can have a good example of what living with purpose looks like living a fulfilled life looks like it's, it's just really important to me. Tell people where they can find Amstigator. Ah, so Amstigator is spelled like AMP, A-M-P, and then Stigator. So Amstigator.com. Uh, it's also a video podcast. So the videos are on YouTube, um, also on Apple and Spotify and Google, you know, all the typical podcast places, same places that you listen to Denise or the same places you can listen to my stuff as well. And I've got 13 episodes right there. So that's what I did. I dropped it in mid-February, all 13 episodes at once. And I'm about to go back into the studio in a, just a little bit and record the next 13. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm excited to see what season two brings. Thanks, and I'm, I'm very inspired by your whole just, I don't know, your just whole demeanor is just Joie de vivre. but light. And um, <laughs> it's really been a pleasure talking to you. I, I hope you know, it's taken some great self-control not to ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. I, I love being on this side of it. You know, I, like, I hate, I hate answering questions about myself when anyone asks, you know, tell me about yourself. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> what, do, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to tell you? I mean, okay. Uh, thanks. Oh. Denise. It's been great. Thank you for listening to on a mother level, the podcast for moms who can relate. I'm your host, Denise Anitka, and you can find me on Instagram at Denise WQAD and find the show page at On a Mother Level. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.